0: Welcome back to Crypto and Real Estate. I am Piper Moretti, and we also have our CTO here from the uh, Crypto Realty Group, James Richardson, and we've got a very special guest. I'm really excited about him. Uh, his name is Chris Bennett, and he's also known as the Blockchain Bearded Guy. Hey um, guys! <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Chris. I really oh, appreciate thanks it. for having me. Yeah, it's a long time coming. So tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I've just got a, a few questions here that I want to start off with. We're going to kind of reel it back today. I just go for, we're going to start off with the basics of blockchain, but but just uh, give us uh, a little bit about you first.
1: Yeah, I, you bet. So um, I got involved uh, about seven years ago now in blockchain education. Um, spent about 20 years before that in IT services consulting. So you know, really helping people find the right technology solutions to support whatever it is they wanted to go do, and uh, you know the part of that I always enjoyed the most was connecting people with technology. And uh, so blockchain came around, kind of took the world by storm, um, you know, a few years ago, and I decided to get involved. And, uh, of course, anytime there's sweeping new technology, well, that all starts with education because uh, you know, everyone always wants to know what is it and how does it work and what can we do with it. So that's, uh, that's what I spend a lot of my time talking about. And so that's why I'm so excited to be here with you guys today.
0: Thank you. And I, I have a question for you. Are you are, are you a coder? I mean like can you actually like get in there and and code smart contracts and all that stuff because I'm I'm always curious about that.
1: I <laughs> uh, you know i I started off my career many years ago uh, as a software developer and um, mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of stuck with uh, custom solutions and software engineering um, I'm probably not the best guy to write a smart contract but uh, yeah I can <laughs> I can hack one together and, and get it to do a few basic things so that's um, cool. yeah, that's what, that's what I'm hoping to, get, to do <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah dive in dive in the water's warm and yeah uh, <laughs> It gets easier every year. You know, it's so much like building a web page, right? Back in the day, you had to know how to write HTML and crack open that editor and build it all by scratch. And um, You know, today you just go to WordPress or Squarespace or something like that. So smart contracts are going the same way very quickly.
0: That would be amazing. And I I do have to preface this, you guys, by saying that I, I think the majority of our listeners are real estate professionals, some realtors, maybe some title, escrow, you know, and these are all people that by and large do not know how to code. And I let me let me just back up. You do not know how to you don't have to know how to code in order to understand Blockchain fundamentals and how they can relate to your business and how they can basically just change the whole face of real estate. Um, but uh, we've got a we've got a couple of Spartys on here today, so, so I'm excited. So James, welcome back.
2: Great to be back. Thanks for having awesome. us. And yeah, I'm really excited to have Chris here too. I learn something yeah. every time I hear him talk about the basics. And again, and you guys I-
0: have worked together. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah, I've seen I've seen him. Yeah, I've said in some of his classes, definitely has a lot of deep knowledge. And, you know, again, going back to those basics and those fundamentals and like talking about it, like you said, in like a non-technical level, like even people that are experts or advanced in the space, they really need that refresher, too. So it's really good that you're that we're talking about that today.
0: Yeah, and I and I do appreciate it, especially from coming from the the deep educational side. So I um so the reason why I'm doing this is I had a good friend of mine who who is a, an escrow rep. Um and I've I've spoken for her many occasions. You know, we've got the, you know, we've had lunch and learns, we've had you know, cocktail hour, you know, ask me anything, that kind of thing. And she sat me down one day and she goes, you just need to explain what blockchain is. And I I offered to bring her on the show and just have her ask me questions. And she says, "No, no, no, I don't want to sound stupid." (laughs) You know, but there's honestly there are no stupid questions. So I mean, let's just start at the beginning, Chris. Like, what? Let's let's just get down to the basic. What is blockchain technology?
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question, and it's one that comes up all the time. And um, you know, I'll start off just by saying whatever blockchain is, we'll we'll get to that in a moment. But it's incredibly (laughs) new um you know all of this didn't start uh, too too long ago um and the great thing about a new emerging technology like this is we're all lost together right we're, we're all figuring it out so um you know there, there really aren't any stupid questions and i know that that phrase gets uh, probably overused out there in, in the real world um but this is one area where it's especially true um yeah, but really what, what blockchain is about, um, <clears throat> we talk about blockchains having a ledger. Um, blockchain is just a technology for keeping track of important data. And, you know, whatever's important, um, that kind of depends on you and, and, uh, what you do and what kind of problems you're trying to solve. So, uh, you know, in the real estate market, obviously keeping track of properties and buyers and sellers and transactions and inspections and title transfers, all those kind of things are going to be important. Um. You know, and what makes blockchain unique compared to the databases that we all kind of know and love from the traditional world, um, is blockchains are decentralized. And I, I'll tell you, you know, a quick little story. Um, and if you can start looking at the world through these set of lenses, you're really going to understand uh, why blockchain is, is poised to make such a big impact. Um, but about four years ago, uh, foreign and Volkswagen, decided to team up, Um, they're going to work together to develop parts for electronic vehicles, um, because EVs are the hot new thing. And so imagine, you know, you're Ford and I'm Volkswagen, we're going to engineer all this new technology together. And so we need a place to keep track of all of our work, our designs and such. Well, uh, you know, we can put all that in a database, right? No, no problem there. Uh, But then we get into this really sticky question of, well, okay, whose database? Um, do I get to own all that important information and control it and, um, you know, I'm just going to be nice enough to give you access or do we go the other way around? Um, you know, at the, the end of the day, someone's very likely to go home with some hurt feelings. And that's really what blockchain is trying to get out there and solve. Um, you know, what if we have this data repository that... Doesn't belong to either one of us exclusively, but it is something truly shared between us. And um, you know, I think when you when you kind of start to look at the world, especially the real estate world, through those uh, set of lenses, um, the use cases really start to pop out at you.
0: Tons and tons of use cases, especially in real estate. Um, James, do you have anything to add to that, Mister CTO? <laughs>
2: um. Not much to add to that. I think that's a good definition. You can kind of think about it like a global Excel file, right? That the right institutions Mm -hmm. or the right people have access to update and everybody can read from. It's not the greatest definition, but a simplistic definition of like, there's a lot of reasons why having shared data out in the public domain is important. And, you know, we're paying a bunch of third parties to try to expose or manage that data behind the scenes. And that's really expensive for us as a collective.
0: Right. And I, I so I guess the next follow up question would logically be, well, OK, if it's out there in the world and it's and it's decentralized, who would actually have access? Can you explain that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. So, um, you know, you. Y- kind of have to understand that, that when we talk about something being public or private, um, it's it's not a binary state. It, it's not a black or white. There are lots of shades of gray along the way. So, um, you know, we could have information that is – public between the three of us you know meaning that james doesn't own it i don't own it but it's something we all share together um maybe that information is just shared with the three of us um or we might have information that is as public as public can be you know it's out there on the public internet anybody can find it with a google search um it's out there for anybody and everybody to consume um then there's a, a kind of a million stops along the way um So just like any traditional software solution, um, you can build blockchain solutions that have permissions and keep certain people in or out and define what it is they can or can't do. Um, At the bottom of it all, what really makes blockchain different is when you look at the owners or the stakeholders of that solution. Um, You know, we, the three of us, aren't doing something on my IT infrastructure or yours or James. Um, it's it's infrastructure that we share together, and that's that's really the revolutionary concept behind it.
2: Yeah, and, and that's sort of the, the the network thing, right? You have your own private home network, right, where you might let your computers talk to each other in a different way than you do on the open public internet network, right? And so there's a there's a definitely a networking component here, and really an ownership protocol. Blockchain is really about like when. Transactions happen. So the FedEx guy handed it to here. We can record that moment in time, really like have a timestamp. And then it does give businesses the tools to build other utilities on top of that shared data set, right? So I might build a dashboard where some of that data inside my system and then like cross reference with my own internal IDs, right? Maybe lets me build some dashboards or some business insights that I wouldn't have been able to get independently. Right. But somebody else might not be able to mm-hmm. recreate that because I'm using public data plus a combination of my private data or like a, you know, a blockchain application with a traditional application built on top of it, where this technology also doesn't live necessarily independently, but really is a foundational layer and maybe a piece missing from the early Internet, right, which the Internet's very about identities, logins and transactions. But both of those components require extra bolt-ons to the internet, which is really how we use it today. Blockchain gives us a foundational layer that's sort of like a networking protocol, just like the internet, but with identity and transactions built in. So the amount of applications we can build on top and you know, the speed and ease of building those applications should drastically increase.
0: How long actually has blockchain been around? Because we know Bitcoin, Came out in two thousand nine, right? That's the that's the most well known one. But people were working on that way long before that. So so smart contracts. I mean, that, those kind of date back to the nineties, right?
2: It depends on how you define blockchain, right? But like, I, I, I think, <laughs> okay. and Chris, I, I'd like to hear your answer. But I think most people credit the way we use blockchain today. Bitcoin is kind of the first application that really kind of pieced these existing technologies together in a way that we kind of say mm-hmm. that's blockchain technology. But yeah, people are working on decentralized ledgers and this problem for a while. Chris, what's your answer to that officially?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things I, I love about technology, um, it's just like working in fashion, you know, everything that's old becomes new again. So if you, <laughs> if you just hang on to something long enough, it's back in vogue, um, <clears throat> you know, but that, that being said, there, there's so many parallels to the internet. So, um, you know, the internet started out with just this one use case. Um, we had all these different disconnected email networks. Um, but we thought, Hey, wouldn't it be great if someone from MCI could send an email to somebody at Stanford university? Um, so it was kind of this vision to connect all the networks. And then once we did that, we realized, Oh, there's all this other cool stuff you can do as a byproduct of that. Um, you know all everything with with blockchain kind of started with this quest for digital money. Um, and that was really something that began in earnest back in the 1970s. Um, but yeah, a lot of what we know is blockchain today, for example, smart contracts um, that came about on a platform called BitGold in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, but, you know, what, what made Bitcoin unique, it was the first platform that was able to solve something called the double spend problem. So uh, if we have digital money, you know, what, what prevents me from spending that value more than once? Um, and it, it's a simple problem when we sit here and talk about it is as humans. Uh, but it's a difficult thing to get a computer to understand because a computer doesn't care how many times you view the same picture or go to the same Web page or listen to the same album. Um, so that, that was a, a very new concept to get a machine to understand. Um, but, yeah, kind of kind of depending where you start your clock. This is something we've been working on for a few decades now.
0: When I teach, you know, I I always have to, and I'm sure you have to do this as well, Chris and and James, because you teach as well. Um, you've got to differentiate, you know, crypto and blockchain. You know, there's, it's, you can, you can have a blockchain without a cryptocurrency, but a cryptocurrency has to live within the environment of a, of a blockchain, right? And I, I saw an interview, uh, I don't know, somebody sent me this, this story not too long ago. I think it's a real, um, of somebody saying, oh, you know, blockchain for, for title and, and for the industry, for the real estate industry is never going to work because of the volatility of crypto. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy has no clue as to what he's talking about. And that's just out there in the world and people are getting just like the wrong idea about this whole thing. So we're, we're not talking like, you know, when we're talking about blockchain for real estate, we're not talking about Bitcoin. We're not talking about Ethereum or any of the, you know, we're not talking about Shiba Inu, although you can pay with those things. But I mean, we're just, we're just talking about like, you know, the, there's, there's so many holes in, in real estate that need to be filled, starting from the contracts all the way through the escrow and title process.
2: Yeah. Well, Talk about like that the, a little bit. the first thing I would say is, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. There's like, permissioned or the semi-private blockchains like that use case Chris was talking about earlier that's not going to use an open public blockchain Mm -hmm. like Bitcoin or Ethereum not only because of the volatility but because of the speed and the cost to send that transaction to every computer in the world like it's not necessary for that use case so we are talking about technology and just a tool for solution architects and for developers again just like The mobile phone or the internet right we're talking about new tools that uh is available to businesses to build on top and most business applications would run like their own private network blockchain the same way you could have your own home network right that you're not necessarily paying another isp for you can do that for free um that's a lot of business applications won't be relying necessarily on bitcoin or ethereum's volatility you know some might but it it will it'll come down to those actual use cases.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's funny. My son is twenty two. We were just chatting this weekend. You know, I, I call him on the phone from time to time, and uh, he kind of laughed. He said, "Yeah, you know, Dad, you're you're the only person I talk to on the phone anymore." Um, you know, you, you can, you can text, you can do your, you know, TikTok updates and your Instagram story and your YouTube shorts. Um, but you know, this, this device has kind of transitioned from being a phone, um, to just being a phone in, in name only. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, we, we see so many technologies that start in one certain place and then, you know, over time become so much more or, or drift away, Um. Uh, you know, go, go back in time 30 years and tell someone, Hey, in the future, um. you know, most single people are going to meet each other online, you know, online <sighs> dating is going to kind of be the, uh, that kind of used to be the, the last resort, right? If you were so repugnant, you couldn't meet someone in real life, there's <laughs> still hope. Uh, but that that sure became normalized quick, and uh, yeah, we're we're seeing that in blockchain. You know, just mm-hmm. like with the internet, email didn't go away. Um, but a lot of really interesting stuff came along afterwards and, um, you know, that's, that's what we're really starting to see in blockchain. And I think, um, you know, when, when we sit down and talk about the process of buying a house or selling a house, um, you know, to our children and our grandchildren, uh, I, I think it's going to be kind of like me talking to my grandmother who grew up on a farm in Kansas, <laughs> you know, wow. Life used to be that you way. You had to walk to the uh, county <laughs> get paper. Uh, yeah. How could it be up both ways? The <laughs> physics of that just don't don't work out.
0: I know, I know, and it seems like every parent did that. I don't, I don't know. Um, one of, <laughs> side note: one of my favorite uh, videos is is watching teenagers Man. trying to figure out a rotary phone. That's just, it cracks me up every single time. They have no <laughs> idea.
2: Um,
0: but yeah, I grew up with those things, and it would scare the crap out of you every time it rang.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so
0: okay, so let's uh let's plug this in then. We've kind of covered title in a in a few other episodes here, but I mean that's to me that's the lowest hanging fruit. There are a few companies that are working on tidal solutions, but none of them have really stuck yet. Um, and it's just because there's like nobody talks to like for instance. Um, the, the the municipalities don't talk to each other. That's got to be solved. And that could be solved through um, distributed ledger. Um, you know, the title companies each have their own, even though it's like a public record, yeah. they each have kind of their own records, you know? So how, how can blockchain fix all of this, like, like broken I mean, communication, thing, first of I all? I think
2: to Chris's point earlier, that's where b- blockchain shines. But all these problems aren't necessarily technological, mm. right? So like, yeah. like you know, so the, Chris said that the internet kind of started these different networks, Stanford and another college, saying, "Hey, how can we connect our two networks?" That's sort of what we're talking about here. How can we connect these municipalities? And I do think as records get more and more digitized, and I think some counties are, like, e- either a, a standard's going to naturally emerge, or somebody's going to come and be able to like provide city software that can help normalize some of that problem. But again like there's places probably further up the funnel outside of that record like being able to like save that in a centralized place make that available to other title companies in cases where the title has been super clean maybe there's places where that blockchain history showing this very clean transfer title can be enough to you know for a title company or for you know a transaction to happen because that's in some ways what we're talking about is how do we streamline transactions or grease those wheels and make them smoother and faster but also mm-hmm. more secure for you know all the parties involved.
0: Oh. But yeah because wire fraud is huge right now. I mean it's just it's it's run rampant for the last few years and you know to the point where they're, they're yes we have to the second we do a um, a buyer's contract or RPA there's a wire fran- there's a wire yeah. transfer uh, fraud disclosure in there, just saying, hey, guess what? You know, um, there's a really good, there's a good chance that your funds could and be stolen, smart. and if they are. Like, this is th- what could happen. Those and, wire yeah, fraud yeah, companies, they're sending you're, you're it right waving. at the
2: right time, mm-hmm. like when people are kind of expecting it, create a little bit of urgency, like oh, and get people out their game. And again, oh yeah. this is something. I mean, again, that's a human problem in some ways. Blockchain is going to have its set of fraud too. Like it's not necessarily True. the technology always, but this is a place where that, that disconnect between the email, the transaction, and you going to your banker and sending that, that disconnect is what they're taking advantage of. Blockchain can help connect that that, that chain of transaction, for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, to where we can provide more security or a way for the other party to verify that it's going to the right place ahead of sending it. And so I I, I do think blockchain mm-hmm. can definitely help with the fraud there, but just like anything,
1: it's a new tool for developers, it's a new tool for scammers as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I think James kinda of hit on on an important piece, at least from the technology side. You know, if if you and I do some business together, if we have a transaction together, if I sell a piece of real estate and you buy it, who who is the authority that can speak to the truth of that transaction? Because mm-hmm. it's it's not me and it's not you. But we both have to play a critical role in that. Um, you know, you, you talked about municipalities connecting together and sharing data. Uh, well, if, you know, you're the Chicago metro area and I'm the Dallas metro area and James is the D.C. metro area. You know, we can put all that real estate information in a database, but one of us has to own it. One of us has to pay for that. One of us has to go out and hire an administrator and make sure it's backed up and that it meets, uh, you know, federal and local security standards. Um, you know, those, those things get kind of expensive. And if I'm the one taking on that cost and you guys get to benefit from it, um, you know, that's that's not uh, not exactly fair or equitable. And so we see a lot of uh, businesses, organizations get stood up who, who purely exist to be the middleman. Um, you know, one of the things that, that really got me excited about blockchain years ago, one of my first jobs out of school, I uh, was working in the cable industry. And uh, traditionally, cable networks and uh, the TV networks, um, you know, the the cable companies and the TV networks have these very, very complex contracts. So complex that when it's time for a payment to be made, um, they just kind of thumb to the wind, guess, write a check, and then settle up at the end of the year. So we worked as an auditing company um, that made several tens of millions of dollars a year in revenue, just figuring out how much these guys Guys over here, these guys over there. Um, there's a lot of organizations like that in the middle that just add a lot of friction to the process and don't add a lot of value. Um, I'm sure if anybody's bought a house recently, they're probably listening to this and going, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I felt some of that."
0: Oh, definitely, and it happens in every transaction. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's never going to be absolutely seamless. You know, I mean, there's there's always something. You know. Um, but I mean, even even contractually, I mean, we we could, and of course, but you'd have to do this in every single state because we all, you know, every state has its own disclosures and and rules and regulations and everything. But it it is entirely possible if you have a ton of money, a lot of capital to do this. But you know, these, these disclosures and they change yearly. Um, you know, they can they can be uh, digitized for lack of a better word. You know, and and we can. Uh, provide smart contracts and, you know, like the, the, like, for instance, a contingency, once that's met, you, then you can move on to the next contingency that so on and so forth. And then the, if these rules are met, okay, now we're, um, you know, we, we're in the appraisal process where, you know, we're, we've got the loan funded and now we're clear to close like those kinds of like really basic ones. But then multifamily, you know, there's, there's different disclosures for that than there are, uh, single family. There's also, you know, commercial, all that stuff. So, you know, we're, we're looking at, you know, multiple types of properties, multiple types of disclosures, but I just, but I know that it, it can be done or it, it should no, be, done it be done. I think it will be
2: done. I think, what do you think like, that? and again, I think to Chris's point, who's going to do it? Cause a, a lot of people yeah. benefit from this, right? But you know, all, who benefits a lot mm-hmm. from this too is regulators, like regulating yeah. and auditing, Chris remember, like mentioned auditing, this is an accounting technology Yeah, like, where it's going to make it easier to find fraud, to track down criminals. I, b- crypto has a bad you know, reputation for being anonymous, but it's extremely hard to do anything digital and not leave a footprint in today's world. Like, unless you're extremely good at what you do, just because you're using Bitcoin, if you try to right. come yeah. from Bitcoin to cash and you're going to try to do that without giving up your identity, good luck, you know, you yeah. know, but it there's some level here of like
0: you yeah know, right
2: the the regulators and you know the big institutions probably benefit the most so if there can be some consensus at that tier it's probably where you can get the most bang for the buck if 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 they did it just let's just say if all real estate records were digitized around the country and there was a shared national database the amount of innovation around real estate would we would have a whole new boom you know but th- that is you know a big foundational problem to be solved chris
1: what, what's your thoughts on mm-hmm. that you know i mean uh, piper kind of touched on something that that i wanted to go back to um you know said hey i, I got this idea for how this technology might fit in and solve a problem um uh, but i'm i'm not the one to build it and i think Um, I I don't think I know that there are so many people who look at this space and they go, well, um, you know, what's happening in blockchain, whether crypto or or in the larger blockchain space uh, is really fascinating to me, but. I'm not a technical person. I'm not a coder, um, or it's something I haven't done in decades. I'm, I'm rusty. And, uh, you know what, Hey, in a perfect world, sure. I'd, I'd love to learn that skill, but let's be real. I, I, got other responsibilities, uh, you know, activities in my life, family, all that. Um, so I, I guess I just kind of have to sit passionately on the sidelines and watch all this unfold. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, Piper really hit on it, which is if you get a room full of people that do have that skill set, a bunch of people who can build a blockchain application. Uh, well, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to look at you and go, okay, what do you want us to build? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it, takes, it takes those non-technical people with yeah. the vision to come in and to really understand what the technology can do and where it can fit. And you don't have to be hands-on. You don't have to be an engineer. Um, If you can kind of understand some of the basics and and more importantly, um, you know, why those basics are meaningful. um, That's, that's the kind of person that we need more. And and somebody that knows the problem. Somebody
2: that understands like a a technical person doesn't understand the intricacies of a title transaction or, this municipal. So somebody that really understands the problem and can explain it in a human way. This entity is going to do it to this thing. If if that can get mapped out, the the point by the the experts and the people in the room, then engineers can build it. But yeah, it it they do need that that foundation. And and blockchain is a lot more rigid. It's it's like when people think about a mobile app a lot of people kind of think about it like Legos, right? And they're like, oh, there's Hmm. a login page, add a account page and almost, but like a a mobile app or traditional like client server architecture, it gets very interconnected real fast. You change something over here and something over here changes. It's like that butterfly flaps his wings. But blockchain is a lot more modular and the paradigm here is sort of you deploy once and it's set, but because of that, the, The functionality, although with a bunch of small functions, you can do a lot, it's a lot more limited and strict as like a programming language, which actually is great because the the rules can get defined, you know, by non-technical people in a way that just translates direct as opposed to, you know, a developer interpreting it and doing it one in, you know, one of a million correct possible ways. On the blockchain, there's a lot more absolute.
0: I think I just created a job for myself. Cool.
1: <laughs> Thank
0: you for making me feel better.
1: Inclusive, <laughs> you can oh do gosh. that in blockchain. That's what's great about it, right?
0: I love it's, it. It's,
1: uh, it's so new. The gatekeepers haven't shown up yet, so just plant your flag. Uh, let someone oh, come and kick you off the hill.
0: Big point of contention is the MLS. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about you know MLS data and how it's guarded and how again. MLSs have some contracts with other MLSs, but not others. Um, You know, I'm a, I'm a realtor in California. I'm only, I'm only licensed in California. Um, I I belong to a couple of MLSs because even the ones in Southern California, you can't get a lot of the data. Like you can't do certain searches on one that you can another, even though you're, you know, I'm, I'm in the same County. Um, It's, it's kind of crazy. But then one of those MLSs can talk to Northern California, but the other one can't. You know, so it's just it's so disjointed. Um, but then you can go on Zillow and look up just about any house in the country um and get somewhat some kind of information on it. You can't you can't see like the realtor's notes, obviously, but you can get a really good color on a particular property in New York. Um but for some reason, everybody's just you know freaked out about like a global MLS, which I still believe can and should happen.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I'm such a fan of history uh, in in technology because you just <laughs> see the same patterns play out over yeah, and yeah. over and over and over. Fascinating. Um, but you know, in in the 1990s, GM invented a a pretty compelling little electric car and uh, killed it off because it was a threat to their core business. Um, and, you know, decade later, this uh, upstart company called Tesla comes along and starts nipping at their heels. Um, <laughs> yep. You know, Blockbuster famously turned down the uh, the uh, offer there to purchase Netflix and um, get into the whole streaming business. Uh, you know, Sears gets replaced by Amazon. So, uh, you know, to a, to a certain degree, you either get with the times and you evolve or uh, someone comes along and uh, they, they create a better version of what you're offering. Um, you know, I, I think we're seeing this. <clears throat> right now in the, uh, you know, the cable industry, um, last month I read a news article that for the very first time, um, online and streaming, uh, the number mm. of viewers finally eclipsed and the number of viewers watching broadcast TV worldwide.
0: Yeah, yeah we knew that so, was going to happen.
1: Yeah, same same thing. Yeah. So MLS, maybe, you know, something that... Uh,
2: right, but the idea that, like, these things are all fragmented, like, either... Like Chris said, they're going to adapt and start working together. Maybe it made sense to have little semi-monopolies before. But, you know, it's one of those things where that that problem, the reason that they're segmented might not just be technology. There's some political or some relationship reasons why that doesn't happen as well. And so,
0: yeah, you know, I mean, our dues go yeah. to that. So. You know, I, and, and there's, and yeah, therein lies like all kinds of stuff, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, as far as like Zillow is concerned, I mean, like a little bit of history there, you know, they, they were an aggregator at one point, you know, they were, they were not a brokerage. They said, oh, we'll never become a brokerage. And you could actually choose whether or not your property was going to be listed on Zillow. Now we, if it's a coming soon, you know, we've got rules about coming soon and all that because, you know, some players kind of messed that up for us too. Um, you know, with pocket listings and stuff, but um, that you, you can prohibit that from going on to Zillow. But once it goes live, now yep. that they are a brokerage, because it's on the MLS, they get the MLS feed. They get the IDX feed. And so there's nothing that I can do, you know, especially me belonging to a big brokerage. They can, they, like small brokerages can turn it on and off the, those permissions, but big ones like mine, yeah. they won't do it. Um, because they would have to do it for 85,000 Yeah, it's agents, not a personal you know, or, or, you know, or at least, I don't know, yeah. 11 or 12,000 in California. So, you know, it's, and, and they, that was the smartest thing. Exactly. You know, it's like, I, I have no say in the matter and neither does my client. Cause I, I had a client that didn't want it out there. You know, they just wanted to keep it small.
2: Some ways, all of these things, yeah. OpenSea and these other NFT yeah. marketplace, they're aggregating collections on an open yeah. public blockchain. Some people. Some of those creators don't have a say in which marketplaces they're on sometimes, or if they enforce royalties or if mm-hmm. they don't. So look, these are problems and questions that we're going to deal with, but it's going to be a combination of the technology and the legal, financial, social norm kind of contracts that we kind of all agree to, like grow, evolving together.
0: Because of the whole realtor aspect, you know, um, 20 plus years ago, the MLS was uh, MLS listings were in a book, right? You, and that book was published. and you know, it was like you know two inches thick, and you know the the office would receive it, you know however like maybe once a week or, or a couple of weeks or whatever. And this is before my time, um, but you know w- once that went to online listings, uh, a lot of realtors were like, oh yeah, that's never gonna work. You know, I I'm just I'm not gonna go online and use my like book. You well. <laughs> Those realtors are no longer in the business, or they died out, or something. I mean, this this is exactly, yeah. And that we're kind of at that precipice again, where all right, now we're, you know we're all online, and it's it's still pretty darn clunky. Is is the next iteration Web three? Is the next iteration you know blockchain technology and real estate? So I I think so, but it's going to take the right,
2: like you said, that switch between crypto and like blockchain, Mm, right? Like if I implement blockchain, I could get sanctioned by the SEC, right? So so, some of the clarity and and the rules and yeah, maybe a couple big companies using it in a way. And again, Chris mentioned it, almost every big (laughs) company is using blockchain in some context, more than you would suspect, right? Maybe not using it for payment or to hold their treasury as like a cryptocurrency, but using blockchain underneath the wheels To do something better or more efficient and Mm -hmm. reduce human labor, room for mistakes or making it efficient or smart to share data between a competitor on one side where then we're going to compete with them on the other side of that funnel.
1: I get really excited when I I think about blockchain, um, about the areas of life that, that just kind of feel behind. Um, you know, you you go on Amazon. You I I don't know. You, you're out of deodorant, right? You don't want to stink, so um, you, you find your favorite <laughs> brand of deodorant, and boom, it'll be there right on your doorstep later that same day. Um, that that's amazing. That feels you know very current and modern and impressive. Um, but then there are other aspects of life. You know, um, buying a house is a great example. Selling a house, mm. um, buying an automobile. Um, picking up a package at the post office, you just kind of feel like, wow, did did I move back into last century? I, I can't believe we're still <laughs> doing things this way. Um, you know, the the amount of uh, uh, fax paper that you see, you know, when you go to a closing, is absolutely incredible. And those are the areas I think that are that are really, really poised um, for disruption mm-hmm. and and for technology to really show us a new way. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to sit here and be neutral and say that you know blockchain is gonna have this great impact on every industry there is, but you know, let's let's be honest. It, it's gonna be more disruptive to some than others. And I, I, I think uh, you know industries like real estate are very high up on that list.
0: I think so. Definitely. I think okay, so I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna break this out into two, if you don't mind coming back, Chris. Um no. I know I know James all into James is all into it. But um <laughs> these are fun if we <laughs> We got to we got to talk about crypto and real estate, and I think we can save tokenization. I've had like I said, I've had other talks on tokenization and whatever, but there, it's not just tokenization. It is it's payments, it's it's loans, it's the, there's a whole other uh, aspect of of payments and settlements that we haven't even gotten into yet. Like I said, this could be like a two hour podcast. I don't want uh, to freak out my, my listeners here. So, um, (laughs) but would you, would you guys be willing to come back to, to talk about that in a couple of weeks? Awesome. I shouldn't go without saying I, I am, you know, I, I have my course it, I am in the middle of updating it. Chris is going to be joining us in all that. I'm really super excited. Um, and, uh, you know, I, it's my course is almost two years old now and and it's already a lot of its old information. Um, so that's why I'm updating it. Um, if anybody's interested, I, I will give you a deep, deep, deep discount <laughs> just so you can at least get the basics. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be redoing that. But for now, if anybody wants any other um information or like oh gosh i I want to know more about blockchain and and all that like where where can they find you chris and and what do you suggest
1: I recommend Blockchain Training Alliance, I um, have a, a personal affiliation there, so I'm a little bit biased. we have got some <laughs> some great courses for technical, non-technical folks. Um, you know, Piper, if you're hear, hearing a lot back from your audience and, and folks at real estate, um, I would love to come back and explore some of those questions with you. So no, let's um, just, just stay tuned here to the podcast. Um, you know, we'll, we'll dive back into that and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm easy to find if you want to shoot me a message, uh, go go to LinkedIn, uh, just look for blockchain beard guy. You'll find me, uh, ugliest man in blockchain. So you can't miss. Thank me. you. Oh, and, uh, we're, we're here to help. Yeah. Thanks everyone. <laughs> Have a great day. You well, Monday. thank
0: you guys so much.